Hello and welcome to Castable. This is the podcast which brings on brilliant guests to pitch their dream music festival. My name is Matt Horse and I'm the host and I'm here to guide you around their music festival. Today's esteemed guest is the rising star of stand-up comedy and the host of the, uh, I was going to say infamous, but just the famous uh, uh, <laughs> uh, comedy arcade podcast. It's Vic Slayton, everyone. Yeah. How Hello. Are you doing? How are you doing, Vic? I'm all right, actually. Yeah, it's sunny and I've got mixed feelings about it because I love the sun, but it's a little bit too much and you don't want to be that. It's so British, isn't it? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah I want sun, but exactly on my terms. I want so. the, I would like the idea of the sun, but not the actual warmth. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's my yeah. ideal settings right there. But um, are, are you more of an indoors person or an outdoors person? It varies. I I don't like I like summer as a season and I like the Christmas period of winter and a couple of weeks of autumn in the lead up to Halloween. So I like cozy. I like outdoors. But yeah, I could just live, I reckon, in like an eight week year, which covers all these things (laughs) and not bother with the rest of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like uh, your your life is like Animal Crossing, just or like uh, Stardew Valley. Do you know what I mean? Just like uh, just uh, always changing seasons, like just for a week at a time. Done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm whimsical. Sometimes I want to put a jumper on in, in August. That's just, I'm just crazy like that. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're on this podcast. You really, uh, you're the firecracker of the stand-up scene. That's that's what we're saying right now. Is that, uh... But uh, but yeah, uh, well, it's, it's a utter pleasure to have you, Vix. And uh, obviously we're going to be here chatting about um, music and festivals. But the kind of, the place I always like to start is, if someone were to ask you, what kind of music are you into? How do you typically respond to that question? Um, it's, my house has many rooms and it's a friend's phrase that I've stolen, Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Muir. And that's what he said, because he was talking about books that he liked. And he he got really into a conversation with me about Jilly Cooper, does not look like the type of guy. And so he said, my house has many rooms. And that's how I describe my music taste, I think, because my parents were my major influence on my music taste. And they were polar opposites in terms of the things that they loved, but on a Venn diagram, there was some stuff in the middle that they both enjoyed, and their final collection was extraordinary. So I was lucky enough to be exposed to all kinds of music when I was growing up, and I kind of kept that chaotic, just devotion to any song that made me happy. Like, I never care about whether it's cool or not. Yeah. I, like, I've seen, like, the two bands I've seen the most, which is quite a, <laughs> quite a good example of what I'm like as a person, are the Manic Street Preachers that I've seen, mm. I think, 25 times Whoa. over the course of my life. And Westlife, who I've seen 13 times. So, you know, whoa, whoa, different. Whoa. <laughs> right, hold on. That's that, that's an early bombshell to drop. So, uh, like, what? Like, 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 we're not even five minutes into this already. Oh, like, you've seen Manic Street Printers 25 times and Westlife 13 times. Like, that is, I, that's, I, that is un- incomprehensible. I don't think I've seen any band 25 times. That's, that's so intense. You must love them to bits, right? You must be one of the biggest fans. I was one of those Manix fans where basically I didn't know who I was as a person when I was about 13 and they offered not just not just music but a whole identity that you could borrow so they had an aesthetic they had a books list that you could read they had politics you could follow and either agree or disagree with it was a real lifestyle so um, I used to write James Dean Bradfield fanfic as well <laughs> No, I tried to find I tried to find it the other day. And you know what? I was I was always a PR person because I used to write for this James Dean Bradfield fan forum, all this fan fiction. Oh, my God. I was a Nikki Wire girl, but there was no market for that. So I would write sexy stories about James Dean Bradfield instead. Like ever a PR person. I was looking for the audience. I didn't care how I got it. (laughs) (laughs) My heart was with Nikki Wire. So I kind of write him in as a sexy side character. But yeah, I, you can't see my 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 face right now, but my jaw is dropped. My head is in my hands. I just can't. This is this is most mind blowing. Uh, this is like an exclusive uh, on Castable. You just dropped a absolute uh, yeah. Wow, a clanger. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Right, you don't have to have the fanfic to hand, do you? Like uh, no, I did look. I googled it once because it was a James in Bradfield Appreciation Society was the website, and it was all built on GeoCities, which was a disgusting course. user experience by the way yeah. we didn't realize we didn't know mm-hmm. then did we we didn't yeah. know so different uh, <laughs> world different world but yeah proper old school forum and i'm glad that stuff is dead i reckon my dad's probably got it on an old laptop somewhere there's 
I reckon a hard drive full of shame somewhere <laughs> where me, a 15-year-old, tried to write racy, sexy scenes about a man that wasn't even the one that I fancied. There's a, there's a lot to unpack, Matt. We've not got time. We've not got time to go through this. <laughs> I, I, I think we don't have titles for episodes, Vix, but if we did, we'd definitely call this hard drive full of shame. <laughs> Shame. If I find it, I'll. I'll you'll be All the right. first to know. Okay, uh, yeah. You've got like you. I'm gonna give you my number. Please put on like speed dial, and like I want you to like like if you find it, we're gonna put that as a bonus episode. You will read out the fanfic. That that's what we're gonna do because that I think castable fans would love <laughs> love to I, hear that. That'd be great. Why did I share this? <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, uh, uh, well, this is going to go on my hard drive full of shame. I'll tell you what, um, but like, uh, uh, yeah, I think every teenager has a hard drive full of shame. Yeah, so in terms of, uh, uh, it's like, you love Manic Street Preachers, you love Westlife, and that was your identity. I think that's really a key word you said, that identity. Uh, so does music now give you an identity, or is it part of your identity? I think to a lesser degree, I initially, when I was deciding what job I wanted to do, I wanted to work in A&R and discover the next big band that could mean something as much as the Manics kind of meant to me and what they gave me as a band. But um, the reality of that is there aren't a lot of jobs in the music industry, <laughs> so I got over that quite quickly. So you decided to join the personal comedy finance. industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I was I was a personal finance peer. Well, yeah. I, I still am. That's what pays the bills. But yeah. I, that's not who I am in my heart. Yeah. But gotcha. um, I I loved comedy as much as I loved music though. So I could listen to Manic's albums until my ears bled. But also I'd listen to all of Eddie Izzard's tapes mm-hmm. as well. So I could recite them as much as I could. Like I have my Mr. Brightside on every Eddie Izzard <laughs> show that they've ever done. So I was, yeah, a bit of a split character, which I guess has manifested itself in uh, quite a lot of the ways I approach life. But music, yeah, yeah I've, I've always got music on. Like I still listen to the radio. I can't walk anywhere. I won't walk five minutes without my headphones so I yeah. can squeeze a, a bit of music in, I think. I miss the commute to my office. I don't miss being in the office as much as I miss that time to myself mm-hmm. at the start of the day where I had 40 minutes to just process what I had to do and then at the end of the day to sort of decompose all the things that had gone on that day, just that headspace yeah. where you only had music to listen to because you're on because you're on your way somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're already doing something. You don't feel like you're idle. Mm-hmm. I love travel for that reason. You can sit on a train and that's probably the only time I really feel chilled because there's nowhere else I need to be there's no other job I could be doing I'm moving forward but I'm not having to try (laughs) so I miss those little windows in my life that aren't as there aren't as many since covid so And I think you really hit on a fantastic point. Firstly, I also spend a lot of time searching for my headphones. You know, in fact, even if I'm just going to like a five minute walk to the shop, I I could spend up to twenty minutes trying to find the headphones. So I, <laughs> so when I get to, like for that like ten minute journey, do you know what I mean? So I, it's quite inefficient of time, but it's important for that digesting. You know, I think it's important to it's that decompression, right? It's that idea where you are in that exactly. commute where you kind of. Um, it kind of allows you to reflect your feelings, have that time. And yeah, it's uh, something that is um, really important to kind of have. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really valid point. I think that's a really interesting point. Um, but yeah, in terms of more than just listening to music, um, did you ever want to be a like a rock star? I know you said A&R and that kind of the, the industry side of it, but did you ever want to be like a, a musician? Um, yeah, I did, but in a very, it was more of an aesthetic than I was prepared to do the work. So I had an electric <laughs> guitar, for example, but I never knew how to play it other than that, the riff from Smoke on the Water that everybody learns and that's yes. in their first lesson. And it, But I always liked the idea of it, but I, I didn't have the talent or the conviction, I think. It's a lot of work, but... That has never stopped me with comedy, to be fair. Talent no, and conviction. No, yeah. Yeah. So I chose I chose comedy instead because yeah. you know that's that's great the route where you can't practice at home you can only do it on stage in front of people humiliatingly I I'm baffled by what I'm doing in comedy on yeah. a daily basis like it's <laughs> everything that I should not be doing and I've tried so many hobbies that didn't stick like I'm surrounded by them I've got roller skates in the corner because like not just roller skating I was like no straight for roller derby it was like yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna be into roller derby bought all the kit fell over on my second go 
never pick them up again. I've got a saxophone <laughs> under my bed. Like no. I'm, I'm living in a graveyard of, of good ideas at the time. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, and yet here I am three years later, almost bankrupt from comedy, going, why this one? Yeah. Why did this thing have to stick? <laughs> Again, like, I, I, I'm not sure if anyone's ever told you, but, like, you have, wh- what a wonderful turn of phrase you have there. Graveyard for the good ideas. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. That's p- more powerful than yeah. a, a hard drive for the shame. That's uh, it's a t- <laughs> two, two quality uh, um, turns of phrases right there. But, like, uh, and just, just finally, before we go to your festival uh have you been to many music festivals in your life um i've been to a few i'm not one of life's campers which has been a bit prohibitive to the festival experience but Mm -hmm. i once did i went to reading festival one year and i was so excited at reading festival that i booked tickets for v festival like on site i was like (laughs) festivals are for me i love this and uh yeah, I nearly died in that fortnight. But did I have a good time? Yes. And uh, V, I ended up going with two people that I didn't know oh. as well. Because my friend mm-hmm. that knew the other two people got glandular fever. Oh, no. <laughs> and I had to make a decision on whether or not I would roll the dice on these two men that I had never met before, who seemed nice. These were innocent, simpler times. Or just not go. And I wasn't prepared to not go. So I thought, yeah, I'll make some friends. And I had the best weekend. Like, I never saw those guys again. But we were best friends for three days. In that way that you can only be when you were, like, tent neighbours, in the car together for hours. Mm. And we were just negotiating constantly. Because I wanted to go and see more of the pop stuff. And they were there mainly for, like, the indie rock. So we'd do this thing we had. You know the rings you get on the top of four packs of cans? Yes. Like the plastic kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. to decide who would win on what we saw next, because it was unfeasible, apparently, for us to just see different things at the time, because... <laughs> your best well, friends! I guess back, yeah. back then, in, like, early 2000s, your phones didn't work on a festival mm-hmm. site because there were too many things, so we might never have found each other again, so I think we had to sort of stick together. But to decide what we saw, we'd each put our hands into the rings, so all our wrists had the... the the rings around them and then we'd pull as hard as we could yeah and the yeah the loser <laughs> had to wear the bracelets of <laughs> of defeat and i had about because i was not very strong i had about 14 of them by the end of the weekend and wow. i got i so wanted to see katie perry on the last day that i pulled as hard as i could and um the gusto with which i pulled i punched myself in the face <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so i gave myself a black eye but we did see katie perry so I I don't regret anything about that. that was... there, there is such a recurring theme of kind of self-defeatism, literally with that Katy Perry story as well. Uh, and I also, I love the 2000s vibes because it's like, uh, it's like, what is the most environmentally unfriendly thing we could do to settle a debate? Yeah, let's get plastic rings and just, just pull, keep on pulling them. Well, yeah. We were doing the right thing, yeah, right? To that be PR fair, campaign yeah. to get people to cut those rings is yes. one of the most successful PR campaigns I've ever seen. I still do it now. I don't know who, yeah, I don't know who came up with that, but it's in my brain. Like I was born with the knowledge. It's like, oh, must keep the ducks safe. Yeah. Uh, like no, no rings at my festival. There we go. That's the first rule. Right, that's that's the first rule. We're putting it down. No plastic rings. Uh, keep a lot. Of duck, it's a duck sanctuary. I, I heard of it. Uh, but um, yeah, just before we go, I'm just you just said something really interesting. You still do it today, like. Like obviously, when you're at a festival, that makes sense. But what what are you uh, what are you doing, making decisions on? It's like you and your husband just kind of like, who's gonna do the dishes? There you go, Katy Perry tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'll do anything to get my own way, really. So if there's uh, <laughs> if there's like a random chance where I can have my own way in an argument that I'm clearly gonna lose, I will. I will yeah. invoke chaos. <laughs> Because <laughs> I play a lot of D and D as well, so sometimes I'll I'll try and invoke that. I'll be like, why don't we roll for it? Yeah. Okay. But let's agree, I've got a plus six advantage on charisma. Yeah. And um, let's keep that in mind before I do the roll. <laughs> and with that, I think it's time to head over and set up camp. Yay! Hello and welcome to Season 5 of Castable. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It really means the world to me. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please make sure to give it 5 stars on Spotify or Apple or whatever 
platform that you're using and give it a nice review. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend, share it. If you want to have bonus content and financially support the podcast, why don't you become a Patreon for a little pound a month when you get to have bonus podcasts, videos, and so much more. Best way to support the podcast is keep on listening to the show and enjoy the rest of the season. Okay, (laughs) so Vix, what is the name of your music festival? It's the Chaotic Goose Festival. Of course it is, yeah. Those <laughs> geese, uh, obviously, uh, got no plastic rings around their neck. They are very safe, you know, they're very safe. Yeah, but it's, you know, because Untitled Goose Game, basically that goose is my model for life. I want to be that uninhibited. That's that's my vibe. I want to be that goose. So for anyone who doesn't know the Untitled Goose Game, uh, how would you describe it and what kind of vibes does it add to your festival? It's whimsical. It's a little bit evil, <laughs> which my festival is, but only to the people that deserve it. We'll get to that. Wait, hold um, on. Well, that's a, again another clanger <laughs> to drop. Like, uh, yeah, okay, but yeah, we'll we'll come back to that in good time. Good time. But anything could happen, basically. Yeah, anything could happen. You can arrive in a jaunty hat. You'll have a good time. It's yeah. I want people to to you know free their minds, not in a drugsy way, in a. <laughs> experiencing new music they might not have considered before like people are open-minded they're having a nice like yeah they've got a good vibe going on right yeah exactly so So, like vip tickets are available but you don't know what you get for them so that's basically to punish people who've got too much money and think they're better than the festival goers because the surprise is we invested to make the festival better for everyone that's what happens when they get there it's like thank you for contributing to making this better (laughs) <laughs> you actually get nothing for your money. You've just wasted yeah. it, and that—that's—that's that's a lesson on you. You've learned—you've <laughs> done an altruistic thing. Yeah, <laughs> this is a nice festival for everybody. You don't get to be superior here. I've taught you a lesson. I've invested your money in it, making it better for everyone, and I hope that lesson is learned. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because, uh, like, uh, imagine, imagine being like, you know what, you know, we, we rarely treat ourselves, but this is our first holiday in year, so we've gone to this lovely chaotic goose festival, uh, goose festival, and, uh, you know what, bollocks, let's get VIP. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, we just got the same package, but we just lost 500 quid. <laughs> it would be, it would be, like, a, a small premium, so people wouldn't lose their minds over it, so it'd be, okay. like, 20 or 30 pounds. This is coming from a place of somebody who couldn't get into the mighty Hoopla VIP because it was all sold out, so, um. I think I'm still I'm still healing <laughs> from that. But <laughs> you said earlier you're someone uh, who loves to get their own way, so it almost seems just like wish fulfillment <laughs> therapy here, isn't it? So, <laughs> but it's in this scenario, I'm an eccentric but cool millionaire. So basically, everything is very reasonably priced because I want everyone to have a good time. So yeah. even if you do get stung by the the VIP <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's funny right um you're still gonna have a brilliant time and i want it to be because i thought i want it to be almost like a patreon style in that people the base tickets are really cheap so if you're a music lover and you want to come you you are subsidized by the people that can afford to pay a little bit more and if you pay a little bit more into the festival not for things that necessarily make things brilliantly better for you but maybe you can influence the lineup maybe you can put forward your favorite song and we might draw that and one of the bands has to play it like there are tiers of things that everybody gets to make better so you can contribute like let's have an extra portaloo i've got 100 pounds i'm going to sponsor a portaloo that's because yeah again toilet facilities are really important to me Mm because some of my best festival days have been almost ruined because i've left it too late and i've had a (gasps) terrible experience in the queue where i just got there but i didn't feel good about it so yeah good good toilets are important that's that's in the dna of this festival a good quality toilet with a lot of administration i want you know staff making sure that they're good and they're well-paid staff yeah just making sure they're always nice i never want to open a door and look into the abyss of a long drop toilet ever again like yeah. if i live my life and never see one of those i've lived i've lived well yeah so. That's, uh, <laughs> i love it because it's like uh, you're saying uh, it's a chaotic goose festival but also uh, but also like there's a lot of order there as well like it's like i, I don't want i don't want to have a, a, a there's gonna be a lot of portaloos and it's gonna be structured properly you know what i mean and I like nobody that. will know how much work is going on that's the beauty of that's again why it's called goose because yeah. the goose is just gliding along the top looking like it's brilliant but secretly kicking like mad underneath and i think that will be me arranging this festival people will be like she's brilliant look she's just throwing this together but actually years of meticulous planning I've got yeah 
you you actually started working on prep for this podcast like years before its conception. It, you, you were just waiting for this moment, weren't you? That's... Yeah, I was not prepared to do it myself. I was waiting for someone else to do it. Thank you for thank you for stepping up. You are Matt. welcome. I can't imagine a better person in this job. Thank you. It sounds like I'm getting promotion. Thank you. <laughs> My own podcast. That's great. Uh, I, I needed this uh, pep, pep boost myself. So, Vix, whereabouts uh, geographically would you like your festival to be? Um, somewhere lovely in Wales. So, like, Macfest mm, is in yes. Macfest. And that's a whole town that gets taken over by comedy every year, and it's brilliant. I think that would be cool to have almost like a little village vibe because there's nothing like like getting to festivals and getting away is quite rubbish mm-hmm. as a rule again it kind of ruins the experience so i'd want it to be quite accessible near enough to a, a town that it wouldn't be too much of a nightmare to get to but far enough away that you feel truly away from everything nice views yeah ambient temperature in the summer somewhere like that yeah lovely stuff bear in mind it's like a that kind of village festival how many people would you ideally like at the festival it's a tricky one because, like I said, I want as many people as possible to enjoy it. But the more people you have, the harder it is to control the experience and yeah. make sure everybody has a nice time. So it'd probably be relatively small, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So I'd want it to be enough that each stage, because there'll be a couple of different stages, nobody feels sad. No band feels sad. They'll have an audience. But yeah. yeah, so probably no more than about like, like you get a British Summertime Festival at Hyde Park. I don't know what that is. So mm-hmm. like maybe like 4,000? yeah okay yeah sounds good and it's it's over three days and you can get day tickets as well because some people yeah because the days are heavily themed there are some days that people might not want to go to yeah (laughs) and there are also vip tickets as well but don't 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 bother don't get those (laughs) (laughs) and um just to wrap up this kind of section of the um of this uh, podcast but like uh, what kind of role would you take at the festival because i think people have different vibes sometimes people uh, um, going to be in the background and you mentioned working hard but like what what kind of role would you like to inhabit there oh i think just i by the time i got to the day i guess it's a bit like wedding planning you hope you've done enough that you can just enjoy the day yeah <laughs> so i'd just be rattling around i'd probably be that you know the the, the pompous person that comes out and does a little speech maybe <laughs> before the headliner comes on with a, with a celebrity so people don't boo me off so i'll be like look at me with my best friend harry styles we're gonna we're gonna induce this band. I'm really excited. Thanks yeah. everybody for coming. I, I I wouldn't be able to resist an audience. I don't think. And also, there's going to be a comedy stage, so I'll probably be dabbling down there as well. Yeah. Just to... So <laughs> you, you kind of have like that kind of uh, you're kind of you you've got that kind of uh, guest of honor kind of vibe going on. Like you have a speech, you do some comedy, and but have a nice time. Yeah. yeah. Like MC because <laughs> yeah. it'll be one of those kind of like Vix latent presents the chaotic goose festival because if i'm an eccentric but cool millionaire by that point people will know me well and also what i love is that you're using uh, future tense as in this will happen it's just a matter of time actually i'm manifesting it Matt. i'm manifesting it <laughs> to be fair this is like an audio vision board so <laughs> so here we go let's 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 wish this into reality people but um and final question um uh, you mentioned not being a fan of camping earlier, but what's the camping situation like? And also, was is there a kind of food that you like there? Um, just I don't want overpriced stodge. I want there to be enough food that everybody can have what they want. Like, yeah, when, when you pay eight pound for sad chips, oh, like. My. I, yeah, yeah. yeah big I'm, I'm not having that. Not, <laughs> not, not in my festival. Only happy. And chips. I want nice, nice yeah. wine behind the bar as well, because yeah. they assume if you're buying wine at a festival, you don't care about yourself. Like that's, it tastes like it's strained through a shoe. It's got yeah. a stupid name like Jacobs Creek or Puddle and Duck, or yeah. and you know it's going to be awful. Yeah. So I want nice wine at reasonable prices. We could go on a booze cruise. <laughs> yeah. Get absolutely. the ferry to Calais. Get them back. It doesn't have to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> Like, again, uh, this is the meticulous planning you were talking about. You're going all the way yeah. to Calais to, <laughs> to get some <laughs> discount wine. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, and not just dark fruit cider as well. I don't know, that's an epidemic. That needs right? to be shut down. Yeah, because yeah, I love cider, but I don't I don't want cider in black. I don't want snake bite. You know, just if I did, I'll put a, bit of, I'll put a splash of squash in it, right? I don't need you to do it for me. 
Like you can make cider into dark fruits with a little splash of squash. Let's start with the base ingredient of delicious apple. Why? Why is this a thing? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of you just kind of carrying around a bottle of Robinsons, just ready to go at any moment. Just like, right, if there's any slider, I'm turning it to dark fruits on my own choice. Thank you very much. Like, Yeah, it's it's with the condiments. It's like self-service. Yeah. It's not that squash. Yes. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, put, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a better idea. You put ketchup on your reasonably priced chips yeah. and you get a bit, you get a splash of cordial if you want. Um. On your chips, yeah. <laughs> if, if you like i'm not here to judge that's not my, that's not my vibe but yeah yurts will be available of course for sure. they will of course they will and that's that's not in vip pack that's normal package that's great no that's normal exactly yeah. that's what i mean i want it to be reasonably priced i want everyone to have a nice time so take away all the reasons that people don't like festivals like i said so you know terrible dark fruits bad camping let's take all that away <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously the, the only thing they were wrong with festivals are dark fruit Wi-Fi. cider yeah wi-fi is yeah. a problem i'll get a, a nice wi-fi hub to make sure everybody can stay connected to tell everybody what a brilliant time they're having at chaotic goose so next year more people buy tickets it's yeah there's a marketing effort going on it's like you've actually really thought about this a lot of people just turn up and improvise shit <laughs> at the day but you, you've got an actual business plan it's cracking <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's like i reckon brands would sponsor it bring the ticket price down even more get some brands on you know yeah. american express loves throwing money at stuff like this i'll i'll, I'll make the call <laughs> and with that in mind it's time to head over to uh the main stage of your festival exciting festival if you can hear me i want you to sing along go for it one more time You mentioned it being a three-day festival. Um, so is it Friday, Saturday and Sunday? Yeah. Nobody wants to fest on a Monday. Ugh. Well, I've had a fair few chats with people who would disagree with you, but like, and they, are, yeah, I, I'm a non-judgmental, uh, you know, a, a person who's just like on, on the sidelines. I'm here to guide people through festivals. No judgment, but yeah, Monday to first. I'll judge like, them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll judge them for you. Like, Thank wrong. you. I appreciate that. Imagine how bad a Tuesday that would be. You expect Mondays to be shit. So if you want to come down from a festival, you can just write it off because it's Monday. But don't don't bleed it into Tuesday as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. It, it you is give F- me names, Matt. I just want to talk to them. <laughs> just listen to the rest of season five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they will. Uh, there's yeah. I'll I'll give you names afterwards. But like, uh, um, but yeah. With that in mind, um, yeah. So we're gonna look at the artists you have in your festival. But who is the first act on? Over your Friday, who's going to kick off the festival with a bit of that energy? Um, Biffy Claro. Biffy Yeah. I saw them do the. They opened V. Well, they went on after Bjorn again, so they opened the V festival that I did. They were on at about two thirty, and they absolutely—if there was a roof, they would have ripped it off. It was such a strong start. You forget how much um, they've got in their back catalogue. Because I yeah. think a lot of people think, oh, I, I probably know one or two Biffy songs. And then you hear the opening bars and you go, oh, I know that and that and that. So this is the Indie Stadium Day. So they're kicking off Indie Stadium Rock Day. Yeah, Indie Stadium <laughs> Rock, which is kind of yeah. like a... Um... Bit of an oxymoron having indie rock stadium. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because like, uh, <laughs> but like that, I understand where that's coming from. Do you know what I mean? That kind of vibe and uh, each day is themed, which is really important. But uh, do you think that the Friday, as you mentioned, is going to kind of draw in a lot of punters and have that kind of energy to it? I think so because um, there's two stages on the Friday. So you've got your main stage, and there's also the nostalgic retro cool Cymru stage which has all the Welsh bands that I loved when I was a teenager that are all back some of them are still going Mm -hmm. which is amazing but yeah so because it's a Welsh festival I felt really and Welsh music has been like in my soul because we we were so lucky to be a teenager in South Wales at the time that I was because we were creating some of the best bands at the time yeah. so i've booked them all they're all coming yeah, it's great <laughs> i can't wait to see my street preachers for the uh, 200th time this festival it's going to be great so specifically with kylie singing little baby nothing from their um, generation terrace album because they wanted her for it but she couldn't do it so they got the porn star tracy lords who's great you know no disrespect to tracy but it was written for kylie with the manifesting energy that i've adopted in my own life they they were nobody bands like nobody knew who they were they still wrote a song and sent it off to kylie's people and were like does she want to do this and years later they got to produce um one of her albums that 
like wow. critically acclaimed indie Kylie album was produced by James Dean Bradfield. So like Confide in Me, all those yeah. like darker Kylie songs. So they got it. They ended up, they, they got what they wanted. It took them years, but they got there. And I like that. <laughs> I like I, that vibe. I can't tell whether this is fact or one of your fanfics again. And I can't, I can't tell, I can't see the reality or not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, so, so that, that's happening. But the yeah. Welsh stage is kicking off. That's Feeder. And Feeder are going to open with Just a Day, which is such a banger oh, song. Right. Yes, Feeder, great. And who yeah. else is on that stage on that day? Let's go through that uh, quick and we'll just kind of... Start like... with the Welsh stage. Yeah, so yeah, Kids yeah. in Glass Houses, which is one of the smaller Welsh like pop punk bands that if you yes. haven't listened to I would recommend Funeral for a Friend that's still going I've been to three of their final ever tours <laughs> and I've stopped believing them now because they've yeah. mugged me off thrice um, yeah three times crying at the end like I can't believe this band is finished and yeah and then they've come back they, they catfish you in that's how they do it but they're yeah. bloody good so they, they get to be there they get to be there um, The Blackout which is Sean Smith's yes. old band yeah 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 yeah, he, sorry Raiders, but it's the blackout for me. I don't care. I don't feel bad about it. Um, Stereophonics, as yeah. we go into the evening. Stereophonics, Mannix, Catatonia, Reforms. That's the headliner on that stage. Uh, wow. So that's that's only the, that's the second stage as well. Yeah. This, there's no inferior stage. It's just two different vibes. Yeah, so of course. I've, I've gained this because otherwise it would have been like a 10-day festival. I've had, I had to make choices. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, just a little <laughs> bit behind the curtains, right? Because uh, I always give uh, the exos a little bit of preparation and a bit of guidelines to kind of help. And I say, you can do whatever you want, but we recommend between three to five artists uh, on nope. your stage. Uh, and <laughs> already that. we're at eight on the Friday, so... <laughs> And uh, <laughs> they're all doing short sets. It's like comedy. Ten yeah. minute sets for everyone. <laughs> it actually takes longer to set up, really. But yeah, fair, fair <laughs> news. Uh, um, let's go back to the main stage. Uh, and who's following Biffy Clyro? Ash. Ash. Ash doing the yeah nineteen seventy nine album because I saw them do that on the like ten year anniversary of it, and it was incredible. So you got Ash. Then we got Block Party. Mm-hmm. Again, solid festival bands. They've been at every festival I've ever been at, and I'm, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, um, they're good. Slightly more modern vibe, Ball Phallus, Whimsical. Yeah. So just, I reckon, just, you know, we're going into the afternoon. It's five o'clock. It's a nice jangle pop experience. Jangle pop, yeah. That's that's, very, that's probably the vibe. Um, Florence and the Machine. Yep. Big energy. Female fronted, love that, love that for me, love that for me, love that for my audience. Um, and then the gaslight anthem. Yep. We'll do the dusk slot. <laughs> so as the sun's going down, you get all this bluegrass, beautiful music. Everybody's feeling good. Yes. The sun's going down. It's a beautiful sunset. Everyone's hugging, and then the killers to close because. Holy moly! <laughs> it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good day, isn't it? It's gonna be a good day. Right. Hold. On. I again. I do have to revert to the point I just made. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> this Friday alone has uh, already like more than most of season five of Castables already. You've you've smashed it in a single day. <laughs> who do I leave out? Who do I leave out? Uh, <laughs> no, no. This is your festival. You can do what you want. Uh, uh, so it feels like, yeah, because it feels like it's become a bit unfashionable to like the killers, and I never understood when it changed. Because I first saw them in Barfly in Cardiff, and they had exactly the same swagger and production value, mm -hmm. and they gave that show in Barfly the same energy they've given when I've seen them in massive, massive arenas, and I think that's so that's so special and so rare but it's they're uncool now because too many people like them and this really this always annoys me when this happens to bands it's like oh well if everyone likes them they they must be rubbish and I, I don't get it why can't we all just enjoy the things that we enjoy why do we have to be judgmental because people are like oh who likes Ed Sheeran I was like literally so many people like Ed Sheeran mm -hmm. because he's the best-selling artist in the world but we can't talk about it because you're all judgmental pricks <laughs> yeah absolutely and to be fair I fit from my experience maybe I'm um maybe I'm a bit out of touch here but like I, I definitely feel like people have a that kind of reverence for the killers still i think uh they obviously were very very big with um the second and third album do you know what i mean like they, they you know like oh well in the first three albums they were very big and obviously the latest stuff people still enjoy do you know what i mean so i think there's they're they're not this yeah they, I, there is definitely a dip in coolness but as you mentioned who cares yeah you know i mean like it's about just having a nice time like my mum loves the killers and uh she went to see him recently in london and like like 
she doesn't care. You know what I mean? It's, it's just about having a good time, right? It's just about, and that's what the whole point of this podcast is, is actually to kind of get rid of the stigma of the idea of that, uh, you know, music's there to be kind of cultivated and kind of uh, like has to be kind of like cool and uh, under, like, yeah, there's a snobbery about it. But actually, no, like it's uh, like you get far less enjoyment by being a snob about things. It's just about kind of accepting it. And to be fair, there's some artists who uh, aren't particularly uh, to my taste, but I don't besmirch anyone for for enjoying music in that way right so it's just about kind yeah. of accepting that right and you can both be right they can be bad for you and brilliant for someone else yeah. we can all be right nobody yeah nobody has to be judgy it's but yeah that just big neon big lights like there's gonna be confetti cannons that is gonna be yeah like a proper completely templated indie stadium clothes so. yes and i think for a friday you can't get much more bang for your book there i think that's pretty uh, yeah, and both stages are, are just absolutely fantastic. So I think you you can't go too far wrong there. But I'm going to ask you, out of your main stage Friday, from Biffy Claro to The Killers, which one do you think you would get the personal like most enjoyment out of? Like, just for you, if no, imagine no one else was there, who do you think you would get the most enjoyment out of? It's hard to pick. I think I'll say Anthem probably for me just... But I think I would enjoy it in the company of other people because I'm so evangelical about how brilliant a band they are and not enough people have heard of them that I yeah. think I'd feel really satisfied if everybody had a nice time watching them. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd really enjoy that. So, so, so. It's, imp- it's important for you to be like, this is my favourite and everyone's going to bloody enjoy it. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think they're the kind of band where you want to be in amongst a big group of people like singing all the lyrics back to them as well. So if it was just me, it might f- m- might not feel the same. <laughs> And Gaslight I'll do it, but I yeah. won't enjoy it as much. <laughs> and Gaslight Anthem have uh, a nice affiliation with Bruce Springsteen, if I'm not uh, correct. They right, but, do. Yeah, yeah they, they do. Um, the, the vibe is very similar, and they reference his lyrics in a couple of their songs. So Yeah. And Bruce yeah. Springsteen... If you like him, yeah. you should like you should like this. Yeah. But I think that's a nice... Because, again, people that always listen to... Uh, I, I, I'm just going to say new music. I know Gaslight aren't necessarily uh, like brand, brand new, but like yeah, a lot of people who are into Springsteen wouldn't give them the time of day, but they should do. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like kind of that evolution, you know, it's, it's nice. So I, I discovered them at a festival. I came across them randomly in a tent that I was passing and I was like, Ooh, I like the sound of this. And um, yeah, so that's how I found them. So it's only fitting that they should then come and be part of my festival. I'll tell them that story backstage. Yeah, absolutely. Before you uh, introduce the killers as well. Um. Yeah. (laughs) You're my headliner in my heart. Gaslight Anthem, but I have to do the best for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Like, imagine having that conversation. That'd be so awkward. Like, you're the headliners (laughs) of my heart. Like, all right, yeah, all right. And then Brandon Flowers is just waiting. I'm like, no, so are you. I'm like the Bruce Forsyth of festivals. I'm like, yeah, you're all my favourite. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> the Bruce Forsyth of festivals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice to see you. To see you, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Please come back next year. Um. But that's it. Let's let's sleep in our year. Let's have a nice time. And but is there a party atmosphere at your festival? Yeah, definitely. And like I think once the yeah. yeah once the bands are finished, there's definitely like there's hangout spaces. The bars stay open. There's DJ sets going on for any of the bands that do that as well. So you could go and see Sean Smith is a brilliant DJ from the Blackout. So I'd have him DJing somewhere. And yeah, you can definitely have a little bit more to your evening. Maybe like maybe a tent that's playing like retro films, mm-hmm. like, like like Banshee in Edinburgh that I I went to last year, and they've got this little cinema room, and they were playing like clerks too and you you can sort of chat through it but you can still enjoy that it's on so there might be something like that yeah yep cheers with back support really important i don't want beanbags i i need i need cheers at cradle you good quality seating that's one of the patreon tiers so i think everyone will come with me on that we'll all chip in i love there's no need for beanbags (laughs) I and that's obviously what the title of the Patreon uh, thing is called. There's yeah. no need for being back, but like I think, like I really um, I don't think I give it enough credit earlier. But the Patreon system really would work quite well. Do you know what I mean subsidize other people to enjoy, but also a lot of benefits if you do put a lot more in as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's cool. So um, I think people would. I think I would buy like before I was bankrupt by Edinburgh Fringe, I would have probably chipped in like an extra tenner to make sure that other people could have an affordable ticket. Like I think people are much more altruistic now, particularly after the pandemic. So it's, people are a lot 
more comfortable asking i guess systems like patreon are, are good for that because it's a system that you can ignore or you can join in and everybody benefits whereas you go fund me it just feels like you're sort of asking for money with nothing in return even though people are willing to give it so yeah. i think yeah it's we've learned uh, we've learned how to be a lot kinder and a bit more considerate i hope not everyone but <laughs> <laughs> enough people that this will work <laughs> and if you, if you uh, yeah if you um, feel very moved by uh, Vic's uh, lovely statement, then you can join my Patreon for a, a small as a pound a month. Come on, people! That is, my... that is a bloody bargain. What yeah. do you get for your pound, Matt? You actually get weekly videos with that. Um, but obviously there is obviously high, uh, this. Uh, I'll, I'll go to a full breakdown of it. Um, there's a pound a month. There's three pounds a month, which gets you a um, a monthly blog uh, with that. Uh, for five pound a month, you get a weekly podcast as well as everything else. Uh, uh, for ten pound a month, you get premium content, so like videos of uh, a special podcasts I've done, and also for um, yeah for. Uh, uh, twenty pounds a month, you get to meet with me and get free T-shirts and stuff like that, and, um, and that kind of stuff. So it's a uh, yeah, good value for money. So excellent, yeah, cause yeah. it's a lot of work because I've obviously yeah. got a podcast myself. It's so much more work than people see. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not just rocking up and talking into a microphone. It is for some people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, there's some. To be fair, I do the um, the podcast by myself. But I try to add add a lot of production value to it as much as I can. Yeah, I mean, but obviously, like it's quite difficult doing a weekly thing regularly. Do it, I mean, but yeah, it's cool. Let's head to your Saturday. Who's who's opened up your Saturday, and uh, yeah, what's the theme? Pop punk and emo yeah. is my theme Saturday. Nice. So there's only one stage because I want to inflict this on everybody. Like nice. you've got no choice. You have to watch the things that I want to, this is, you to watch. I love pop punk <laughs> and emo. Really, my kind of vibe. Uh, yeah, let, let's go for it. So who are you starting with? So um, probably something a bit lighter weight, like Newfound Glory. Yeah, nice. Because nice. they because they do a lot of covers of famous songs that they pop punkified as well so i think that's a good little ease in for people who need to understand how that day is gonna go so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know they, they, no big surprises again people will think they don't know many songs but then you'll like because i've got panic at the disco as well nice. yeah. he's done a bit of crossover is almost is you know almost more the pop side than the punk side but yeah fallout boy but unproblematic <laughs> yeah because like cause unproblematic it, fallout boy because <laughs> like fallout boy is so interesting because like i'm not sure how you felt because as a pop punk nerd back in the day i i loved um i loved fallout boy but then when they came back and did all the kind of the new pop stuff i was like what what is this yeah you know i mean it's like a, it's like a new band for me and i don't I don't mind it. I just don't... I like the old stuff because it makes me feel like a teenager again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But their new stuff sounds like their old stuff now. They've gone back, I think, more to their roots with their latest stuff. And it's big anthems designed to sort of play in big rooms. So I went to see them in Amsterdam um, just before the pandemic. So it was cheaper to fly to Amsterdam and see them than it was to see them here because the ticket prices are ridiculous. Yep. And it was such a nostalgia trip. They, They have still got it. Cool. So it was, yeah. yeah, it was really fun. But yeah, it's all of it. it. The trouble is with a lot of these bands, because I, I thought about putting brand new on, but then I changed my mind because there is such a misogyny to the mm-hmm. lyrics in a lot of these. It's like, oh, this girl rejected me. So I want her to, you know, burn in the fires of a thousand suns. Like, yeah. it's hard to listen back now. When I was yeah. an angsty teenager, I was like, yay, this is, yeah, I feel this. But it is, there's a, quite a deep-seated dislike mm-hmm. of women in a lot of the lyrics of some of my favourite songs from some of my favourite of those bands, which is a shame. <laughs> it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, uh, there are so, there's so many, like, wonderful bands and wonderful songs where you're just like, oh, yeah, it's so cool. But, like, the older you get, it's like, I'm not sure if this sits well with me anymore. And, like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, you do realise that actually that, when you're younger you don't see the flaws in it and maybe you're not supposed to but like yeah and to be fair if it's written something like 20 years ago then that's that you maybe they've changed but also at the same time it's still there it's still out there do you know what I mean yeah. like uh, and yeah and it's it's difficult isn't it it's difficult to kind of um to stick by uh with those kind of things and there's no right answer yeah. is there no, I agree, because obviously there is a notable omission on the Welsh stage that we can't get into, <laughs> yeah. but, which is, yeah, and that, yeah, that, that was like the soundtrack to my teenage years. It's so, it's so difficult now to associate those things with 
what we know now it's it's tricky but you know who's not tricky jimmy Eat worlds they're great their Fucking songs are great yes. they're really upbeat it's like genuinely some of their like chase yeah. the light i can put on or big casino and yes. i just feel like i can rule the world like yeah. they're so such big positive vibe songs that um they they had to be there i've seen them a load of times as well and i've never yeah. disappointed by them so they're just nice yeah, people they... as well do you know what i mean and like it's they're just cracking do you know what i mean and uh i know their album bleed american is like their most famous one because it has the middle on it but like the whole yeah. the album's like 10 out of 10 all the way through it's just like it's superb yeah. and if you like to hear the story of jimmy Eat world there's a fantastic um music journalist called Dan Ozzy who uh, wrote a book called Sellout which is the idea Ooh. of pop punk bands uh, and uh, basically artists after uh, Nevermind in 1992 came out by Nirvana uh, people who gone to bands who made the journey to major labels and how it worked out for them like uh, Dookie by Green Day and stuff like that yeah. and uh, so it worked for some it didn't work for others like Jawbreaker and stuff like that uh, yeah. and uh, yeah it's really really interesting and there's a uh, one about Jimmy Eat World and it's really really fascinating and uh, yeah it's, it's going really... straight in my basket yeah <laughs> seriously highly recommend it it's a fantastic book and uh, yeah definitely your vibe I would say but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Eat World, I loved it a bit. Yep, and then we've got AFI. Yes. Miss with Nerda. some black audio, because I love their 80s retro electro project that, mm-hmm. that they did. Like, I'd want to hear Infinite Skin mixed into that set. It might be a little surprise for their encore bit, but I, I, I'd like to hear that live. And uh, Paramore. Nice. Female fronted, got to have them near the top of the list. And then we close with Blink 182 because I think everybody would really enjoy it. And again, we'll we'll turn a blind eye to the weird. Like, yeah, if, not... if you didn't like <laughs> Tom, Tom, DeLong, yeah. Tom DeLong's gone wrong um, in a lot of ways. He's an alien conspiracy theorist now. The website that him and his friends have built on it is very compelling. A lot of money has been spent on this theory it's bizarre but that's none of my business so um yeah blink 182 it's a shame that because it's again this high projects have all been so good like plus 44 i love boxcar racer but i think it's gonna have to be pure retro blink 182 none of this side hustles straight yeah. in because i think <laughs> yeah blink 182 are again like a very interesting band especially we're talking about like the the um uh, the low points of Fallout Boy. I think there's definitely some real low points in Blink One Eight Two. I think that I mean that's fair to say. Uh, uh, but you know they're also a very enjoyable band. Like I think if you're there for a headline of a festival, you're gonna have a lot of fun with Blink One Eight Two, right? Yeah, exactly. Even if you're a casual fan, you, again you can sort of see people jumping up and down to like rock show. I think it'll be yeah. I think that'll be a nice closer. So. Great day again. I'm genuinely, I'm having a great time at this festival. (laughs) To be fair, it would be kind of a shit episode if I I fucking hate this. Yeah, I mean, this is a terrible festival that I'm pitching. Uh, But yeah, sometimes people have done it. People have pitched a festival that they don't like. Well, yeah, if you're purely commercially minded, you could could go a different way. But everyone thinks of everything. Most people are probably doing their real jobs or focusing on their Edinburgh Fringe show. When I, with two hours to spare, Sat down and did this. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so let's go to your Sunday. And I think we should... Uh, do you have the uh, the nostalgia stage for this one? Um, This is... Yeah, because this is pure pop. Oh, so, pure pop. Yeah. It's unadulterated. It's like pop for the ages as well. So there's a legend slot on this one, like nice. they do at Glastonbury. And in the legend slot is Blondie. Nice. Perfect. I love Blondie. Guitar, rock... She's still got it. I've seen her a couple of times and she's absolutely still got it. So I actually saw Blondie at Glastonbury, funnily enough. Um, obviously not in the legend slot, but like earlier on in the day. What a, yeah, what a great way to just, yeah, I really got a lot of time for Blondie. Because my favourite festival is depressingly so, because it highlights my ever-aging um, life, is the Radio 2 Festival, because it's similar to this, and <laughs> it's got a, stup- a stupidly chaotic lineup. So I think I've seen, I saw one that had James Blunt, Shania Twain, Stereophonics, the Manic Street Preachers, and I think it was closed by Rod Stewart. It's just pure, like, 
It's like they rolled some, like they just rolled a, a bingo ball of acts and went, yep, yeah, that one, that one, yeah, lovely. Yeah. It's, yeah, Brian Adams, I saw Brian Adams at the Radio 2 Festival. He did not pull me from the, from the crowd, which has always been my dream, and let me do Mel C's part in When You're Gone. I am ready, Brian. I am ready when you are. I'm ready with the harmonies. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I almost put Brian Adams on on the pop day just so I could indulge in that and make him do that. You can do that. You can just... It's not about me. There's no space. It's too busy. This is... <laughs> with, with that in mind, that, let's let's smash through who we got. So you got Blondie in the legend slot. Who else have you got? Yeah, so we, we, we've got two stages on this day because there's the main, there's the stage which is just straight acts and then there's the mega mix okay stage so it's steps the saturdays destiny's child but they have to do their best mega mix that they've got on spotify basically okay i just want bangers so they've got a really like 10 minute slot all the hits it's weird but i i just think it'd be really fun and it's my it's my day so i get to see that mega mix so it's kind of like right no no deep cuts uh no no b-sides entirely uh bangers 100% bangers it's like the super bowl halftime show stage effectively whether you just get their best stuff yeah. like if you've never heard it this is this is their best stuff so yeah that's the mega mix stage it's a bit niche yeah. but it's a bit more chill so you don't have to focus so i imagine people would be sort of sitting drinking there in their chairs with their back support whilst you know there's a bit more going on on that yeah. stage so with the other stage we have blondie but who else do you have backstreet boys slice of pure american pop because do you know what i love the backstreet boys again i think i saw them at the radio 2 festival recently as well or one of the british summer times are they still going they yeah and they still commit to it and i think Mm -hmm. because you see a lot of these bands that are sort of nostalgia bands that just exist for 40 year old women scream at them and they're just going through the motions and you can tell they're not enjoying themselves they they, they're enjoying thinking about the money that they're making doing it but they're not happy and the backstreet boys still seem happy like they enjoy the performance they're doing the dance moves but they commit to it in a way that you don't feel embarrassed for them because there's nothing worse than watching a boy band go through the motions and you feel a little bit embarrassed because you know they're embarrassed because they're grown men the backstreet boys you don't get that because they because they're dancers as well and the, the choreography was always good it's, I think it's quite easy for them to slip back into character. So, yeah, BSB, they'll be there. BSB. Yeah, go on. BSB. Uh, and after, <laughs> after the old BSB, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know why that really tickled me so much, but, like, uh, I think it's your over, like, the, that familiarization with them. Yeah, uh, you know, like, how if you call, like, a teacher a first name, like, that familiar, like, yeah, yeah BSB, BSB and I are uh, yeah. just going for dinner. So uh, That's uh, what we call them in the forums. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to read the fan fiction of them either. So, uh, um, yeah. so after Backstreet Boys, um, after they got back, oh, right um who who have you got <laughs> um pink because i saw pink in wembley again just before the lockdown and she had aerial work and again her body of work you forget how long she's been going yeah absolutely and, and yeah and it's st- it still stands out like all those original songs i think you know the, there were a couple where i think she went too hard on like the pop industry and it was a bit it came across a bit spiteful but she was only like 19 when she started so forgivable i think she's learned so i think she has such a wealth of hits and um i'll be honest um pink was a person i kind of knew as a pop act but didn't really yeah taking the body of work so to speak but like my partner uh over christmas watched a documentary about pink i think it's on amazon prime and uh, uh there's several documentaries about pink but like she puts an amazing show and like she's just yeah. a, a very thoughtful mindful and a very talented person as well like it like yeah you can't like i think uh pink are just uh, yeah pink she just she just uh, has a lot going on i think she's uh maybe not underestimated but like i think uh, a lot of people our generation kind of um dismiss her but like she really shouldn't she's really a powerhouse you know what i mean yeah it's brilliant vocals like i said doing like she's really she's hench so she's doing all this aerial work <laughs> hench, yeah, this yeah. dancing like the production values on the shows even when she was in like she brought that to cardiff international arena which is like six thousand seater like hovel of the place compared to her usual venues and still had all the rigging to give us that version of the show that's yeah, yeah i just think she's really cool and again it's it would be really if there are moments of poignancy like she's got some really nice ballads where everybody can get their lighters out there's yeah you get a little bit of everything in a pink show so i would be delighted for her to um to be the penultimate act 
on the Sunday. It's finishing a bit early because yeah. people need to get get to bed. So we're not going to go to midnight on this one. It's finishing at a reasonable time so people can get home safely and not have their experience completely ruined by being stuck in a car park until gone one o'clock. So. Yeah, are you re- yeah, you thought about everything. This is cracking stuff. Well, yeah, because I, like, I know all the things that I like and I know all the things that have sort of almost ruined really good experiences. So I got, we got stuck coming out of V Festival in the car park for about an hour and a half in a boiling hot car. Yeah, it's awful. And that's that's all I wanted to talk about the next day was whinge about the parking when I had this brilliant experience with two men that were started as strangers and we left as friends. And all I wanted to talk about was we were stuck in the car park and we didn't have any water. Like proper, yeah, pure, yeah. pure British. <laughs> disproportionate focus on the wrong thing i can't um, remember my good time because of the goddamn parking logistics <laughs> exactly and then we've got lady gaga closing the weekend Whoa. closing the show again production values body of work brings a party you leave feeling really empowered from her gigs because she does a lot of talking to the audience but in quite an earnest way whereas Taylor Swift does it in a way that almost feels scripted. And I don't want to be mean about Taylor Swift because she's a brilliant businesswoman, a brilliant songwriter, but I do find some of her stagecraft a little bit contrived at times. So I saw her at British Summertime mm-hmm. Festival and, yeah, it was just a little bit too sac- saccharine for me, whereas mm-hmm. Gaga, I feel like, has lived a lived a life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it comes through. So, yeah, she'd be my, she'd be my big closer. What a, what a festival as well. And I think you've got so many people on here who are, who are intensely interesting. And I think I would be knackered at the end of this festival. Do you know what I mean? I've just I've seen about 40 bands in the space of three days. It's I'm tired now. But like, uh, but, but what... you you had you sat down in air conditioned places and got to regroup in our lovely chill out spaces, drinking your lovely expensive wine at a reasonable price you haven't got a hangover like there's yeah i think i think we i think we can take it matt i reckon yeah. we'll be all right yeah th- you know what you've uh, you've you've uh, absolutely corralled me there uh, I-, I love that and uh, yeah i feel very rejuvenated afterwards if in fact but let's head to the final part of our podcast where we won't feel rejuvenated we're gonna deal with some bloody issues it's floor fillers Ooh, okay As with event management, things are bound to go wrong. So here are a couple hypothetical questions that Vix has to deal with in a manner that she sees fit. So, uh, here's question number one. Oh no, the killers have cancelled last minute. Who do you get to replace them? <laughs> I just move everybody up the lineup. As you've said, I've massively overstuffed this bill. So it's like maybe I get the maybe I get my the one that my what my heart wanted, which was Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. Like, they're gonna do an extended set, they're gonna do ten more minutes. Um You're, you're the headliners of my heart and actual the actual headliners now because they're, they're cancelled. Yeah, everybody's here. Everybody's yeah. here. You the killers did their job, they got everyone in. And um yeah. And then maybe for the fun of it, they do a little kind of bluegrass takeoff of like Mr. Brightside to, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, we wish they could be with us, but we're sorry that they can't be here. So, yeah, Gaslight, I just promote them. OK, that's <laughs> yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. Um, oh, dear. Someone's running late uh, to your festival and you need to fill for time. Fortunately, one of your favorite celebrities is willing to do a DJ set for you. Um, they don't need to be a DJ, but which celebrity would you pick? And I, I know you mentioned um, the person from the Blackout uh, doing it, but like, if you had to pick a celebrity, who would you pick? Oh, I don't know. Um, that is that is a tricky one. Um, Animatronic was amazing from the Sisters, as obviously she does radio. So right. someone like that, I reckon, could bring the party tunes for me. And I know that's her job, but I... I remember I'm not normally somebody who watches a DJ set because they're just fiddling about with laptops. But she, yeah, she drew the eye, so I might. Or maybe Craig Charles Funk and Soul because he was he's also yes. really cool and he was in Red Dwarf and I quite liked him. Ian, so that's very cool, very cool. <laughs> or maybe Paris Hilton. Who knows? Like <laughs> honestly, people sleep on that Stars of Blind song that she released. It's a it's a camp banger. 
I don't think anyone's ever gone from Craig Charles to uh, to uh, Paris Hilton so quickly before. Like, what what a... <laughs> that's, that's what good. sad limited lives they must be. <laughs> 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 I feel sorry for them. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I don't, yeah, I, I think fair play. You know, like, uh, I was commending it, yeah, the, the spirit there. But like, uh, but yeah, okay, great, great. Um, oh no, um, we're going to say Lady Gaga and Pink hate each other's guts. They can't stand each other. And they say they won't perform if the other one is going to perform. How would you negotiate this? Or if you had to, which one would you pick? Oh, that is, that's tough, actually. Um, I would try and mediate, obviously, because I'd enjoy being on that Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd try and get them to understand each other, maybe do, like, because I think I put it to them that, obviously, it's a, it's a well-known feud. So what would get loads of PR and loads of interest and would set a really good precedent for the world is if they could make peace together, like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift did when they settled their feud. Like, mm-hmm. that was such good vibes. So I think I'd, I'd sell it to them as that. It's like the everybody knows that you hate each other. Everybody will be watching to see what you do. You get the opportunity to be subversive, to be the person they don't expect you to be. Why don't you do a duet and then bring on Lady Gaga, Pink? You should, you should totally do that. You're the best singer. Yeah. So, you know, you can actually go head to head. And then I'll say to Lady Gaga, you know, the thing is, Pink is, you know, she's she's a warm up act. So, you know, let her bring you on. That will be embarrassing for her because you're the best singer. So yeah. I think I try and handle it that way. Or I just put it to the public vote. If not, I oh, ask ticket holders what they wanted. I completely absolve myself from the decision. <laughs> I like that. There was like some kind of Machiavellian cunning going on there. It's very... very... <laughs> genius stuff um, my day job is pr yeah um, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you said before the podcast you are the best podcaster in the world thank you vix i do appreciate that so uh, and i really yeah. mean it <laughs> <laughs> take that james a caster um take yeah okay um <laughs> who is he i've never heard of yeah him. i know right <laughs> loser no, please come on the he'd podcast he'd be a good dj i reckon his yeah. dj set would be good he's massively into music only if Matt Hoss wasn't available, obviously. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I was actually a bit hurt that I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't invited to a DJ, but uh, never mind. Uh, I just didn't want... I thought you'd want to enjoy the festival. I don't yeah, think you want to work. I think yeah, you're just, you know, you're just you. a person. Like, you're not... <laughs> That's what Troll says to me. Just a just person. Just a human. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and, okay, this is, this is a question I very rarely ask, but I want to give it to you, okay? Blink-182 asks for a, a really odd backstage rider what is the weirdest thing that they're asking for in their rider Ooh, i think they want a member of staff from the roswell site to come and talk about <laughs> alien landings like tom delong's asked for it mark hopper's had to he had to ask he had to ask it's his job to ask they've got to perform and he's like yeah he would like a representative from roswell to come down and, and give him some answers a quick q a backstage Cracking! That's uh, you know what you smashed that one, and we'll go, we'll go for um, uh, we'll do the penultimate question, which is one of your acts have forgotten their equipment, but good news, they can do an acoustic set. Which band of your whole lineup would, if you had to choose, would you choose to do an acoustic set? Oh, let's have a look. I've got a, I've got a document. Yeah, <laughs> it's surprising. Yeah, of course. It's like no way you thought this is from the top of your head. This is this is the this has been curated so. Definitely. Um, ooh. That's, that's that's tricky. That's very tricky. That is because uh, you know I've I've gone for stadium bands as a rule, and I would say. Ooh, no, it's it's, it's too tough. It's too tough because I would say Gaslight Anthem because it would be easy. It was easy transition, but that feels like I'm cheating because that's too easy. Because mm-hmm. they've done those kind of unplugged sets before. Mm-hmm. Maybe to maybe to be completely subversive, I'd make the killers do it. Imagine. <laughs> well, they have to cancel, down. so yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, because like they've done Dust yeah, and Fairy Tale yes, with Bruce yeah. Springsteen recently, and that is beautiful. And um, they covered Dire Straits' Romeo and Juliet on this Sawdust album, mm-hmm. and that's gorgeous. And that's really stripped down. And it's just like a little bit of keyboard and a little bit of guitar. That's my favourite version of that song, which yeah. um, is a controversial opinion, but yeah. I think I I want to see what the killers are like as musicians. If you take away all of the glitter cannons, the pomp and circumstance, and strip it down, because I think a lot of those songs would sound brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. They'd be a very different vibe. But like songs like "Read My Mind" without the yeah. electro element would be really really cool. So yeah, absolutely. And final yeah. question, uh, Hey Vic, 
your whole festival loves you, and they want you to sing one song at the festival. You have to join one artist on the stage to sing a single song. Which one would you pick? Ooh. Well, you know, but obviously if Brian Adams was there, we'd know exactly <laughs> how this would go. Uh, <laughs> That's why I'm asking, because uh, no mention of Brian Adams, uh, but yeah, unfortunately. No, I think I would make the Manic sing Little Baby Nothing, and I would do Kylie's part potentially or depends what mood i'm in because obviously people won't get behind that otherwise i'll do my classic karaoke song tiffany i think we're alone now and get everybody to sing along and i'll feel like i'm a rock star just for that one second and i think that would be quite fun it's not a singer's song tiffany you wait until people get drunk enough and then you sing it you you just speak it and people believe you're a good singer it's it's (laughs) one of my favorite hoaxes there is a pernicious rumour that I'm a good singer and it, it's entirely down to that. People at the right level of drunk, you being adequate at a song that's not hard. <laughs> can't recommend it enough as a strategy. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try that next time in karaoke. Uh, but that is the <laughs> end of uh, Floor Fillers and this is the end no. of the show. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Vix. Have you had a nice time? I've had the best time. It's been so much fun. It's been really therapeutic. It's yeah. nice to... Yeah. To think of an entirely hypothetical situation when money's no object. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was good to hear. And Fix, where can people find you online and where uh, would you like to plug anything? Um, I am Fix Layton on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, I think, is where I do my best work, but that's my opinion. <laughs> Other people might not agree. It's Layton, late, late Laureant, L-E-Y-T-O-N. And I am at Edinburgh Fringe doing two shows a day like a moron. And <laughs> so I'm doing my... <laughs> felt like a good idea at the time matt felt like a good idea at the time so the solo show is more fiction than girl that's on at 2:40 in the mash house with just the tonic and then at 11:20, i'm hosting my own podcast live the comedy arcades which is a panel show and i've got a different set of comedians every night so we've got rich wilson and jenny ryan are there for the they're like my anchors they're my alan davis like my QIs, Alan Davis, and then yeah, new guests every night. So we've got some really interesting ones. Like Mark Watson's going to do it. Andrew O'Neill, Sakisa. It, it should be good. I'm not announcing who's doing each night. I don't think because I I want people to believe it could be A-listers every night when it might just be me and my dad because all of the acts have dropped out. Um, yeah. But do you know what? I forced my dad. He'd, he'd be bloody good at it. He's <sighs> he's a good raconteur. But yeah, that's I think that's pretty much everything. That's my whole life at the moment. <laughs> just. Thinking about these tickets, <laughs> thinking about whether people are going to buy them. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. And uh, and listeners, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've had a good time. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, please drop us a five-star rating and a little review. It always massively helps. Tell a friend. And if you want to join our Patreon, it's in the links below. I'll say it's a little, uh, it's a, little it's a pound a month uh, and it'd be really helpful. Please join me in thanking our wonderful guest uh, this uh, podcast. It is Vic Slayton. Thank you for listening. This has been very cathartic. (laughs) But uh, (coughs) that sorry, it's not COVID. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We're not 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 next to each other, so it's fine. But it'd be more. I feel like we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're the headline in my heart, Vix. (laughs) Oh, thanks. That means so much coming from you.